Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. 2019 Heat Seeking Panther, <laughs> episode 50. 50. A happy 50th episode. <laughs> We've been doing this for 50 episodes. 50 years now. Um. <laughs> it feels like a lifetime, truly, especially after this these this double header right here. Yeah, because M- Miles and I already recorded an episode about the uh, 2009 guinea pig centric family a Hoyt adventure joint <laughs> G-force, <laughs> and then uh, the computer deleted it. So back up all your data. God, do it, please do it. Anyway, uh, so. In lieu of having to do it all over again and also dreading the next CGI monstrosity, <laughs> we decided to just uh, watch Astro Boy and then go ahead and, and do one nice catch-all episode about these these two weird uh, excursions. We are, we are double-fisting uh, CGI box office flops tonight. With special guest Vivian Martinez, thanks for being here, Vivian. Welcome back. Yo, 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 G Force, <laughs> represent. So, okay, so how do we want to do this? Because the, the all three of us have seen Astro Boy, but only Miles and I have watched G Force, and uh, I, I, I almost, I almost feel like Vivian, you can like maybe prompt us or ask us questions about G-Force mm, mm-hmm. if we want to get to that first. Yeah. And just get it out of the way. Yeah, let's and, do it. And dive into it. Yeah. Because we, I remember we had a lot to say, but now it it all... It all seems so unimportant it, also. It feels <laughs> it feels like a, a just a fever dream that uh, when you were reading the Wikipedia synopsis, it all sort of came back to me in a... In, in just a rush of nonsense. Oh, yeah. I just asked Siri what G-Force was, and that's where I'm at with this film. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the basics. G-Force is a Walt Disney um, movie from 2009, uh, produced Pro- by Jerry Bruckheimer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he who brought us uh, The Rock. Con Air. Uh, Con Air, Gone in 60 Seconds. Right. So he and Cage have had a have had a lucrative relationship. Yeah, and that ends here. <laughs> um, this was the directorial debut of Hoyt Yeatman. Uh, Yeatman. He was the special effects guy, maestro, behind pretty much every big special effects movie from the back half of the 20th century, like E.T., the Abyss, uh, what um, else? The Rock Ye- and Con Air, right? Or, the or, Fly. Or, or yeah. Uh, yeah. Blade Runner. Yeah. Kangaroo Jack. Well, that's a big one. <laughs> that right there. That's Hoyt Yeatman written all over it. And Classic. And, you know, they, they say to be ready when inspiration strikes. And uh, so, so the, the origin of this is just like capturing lightning in a bottle. Yeah, I, I still have the recording can I play uh, please, it? Yeah, okay. Please. <laughs> so the original mastermind of the project is my son, Hoyt. How did it happen? When, when, when did it happen? Well, I was about like five. How old are you? I'm 11 now, and uh, I was in preschool, and what I did was I brought home this guinea pig named Cute Guy. I got to name him. And I told my dad a story about like, oh, wouldn't that be cool if I had an army helmet on him and like, 
gas mask and all that cool stuff. <laughs> and then it got my dad thinking, so and then he ended up making the story happen. And I thought it was a perfect idea, because here's a little cute character, and if properly equipped with the right technology, he'd be cool. So cute and cool, to me, makes for a great character. <laughs> so there you go. So uh, He fell into the Ewoks trap. Yeah. yeah. Don't do it. No. <laughs> cute George and cool. Lucas problem. Cute and cool. One-on-one. I mean, I think if, yeah. you, if you go through the greatest cinematic achievements in history, uh, you'll notice that uh, all, all the great characters are cute, cute and, cool. and cool. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, so G-Force was uh, literally thought up by a five-year-old. Yeah, Hoyt. Hoyt, Hoyt Eatman the fourth, Ew, I believe. Stop naming people Hoyt. <laughs> no more. <laughs> it, come but up like, with so, by a five-year-old and then written by, it seems like, a committee of adults. Yeah, there's just a billion writers Dad, on this I thing. Dad, I drew a drawing. Make a movie of yeah, it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and... And I think it really speaks to, I don't know, it speaks to something that Hoyt Yeatman brought this to Jerry Jerry Bruckheimer. But Jerry Bruckheimer was just, he leaned into it. Yeah. He was like, this is a great idea. He was like, here, okay, have $50 million or however much. You got a crazy name, I got a crazy name, (laughs) let's go. No, I'm sorry, $150 million was how much that this movie costs to make. Um, (laughs) Did you know that each... Each guinea, each like main character guinea pig in the movie had an average of 271 billion individually rendered guinea pig hairs God, on it's them. It's so stupid. It's so the, fucking like, stupid. The technological undertaking that they had to do for this movie was unprecedented. It, yeah. Well, it was also in 3D back, and this was like... As Vivian reminded us, the tagline was was what? Gerbils? Oh, God. Gun, um, <laughs> gadgets. Gub. Gadgets, gizmos, guinea pigs in 3D. So that was like part of the tagline. Like I the feel 3D like that was the selling point. That, of the movie. that was the whole pitch. The hair was really important <laughs> to uh, get it right. As all CGI does, it it's aged not great. It's it only ten years old, it, uh, barely, and it looks like so it was it looks made like a million years. Yeah, old. it looks yeah. a million years old, and yet it also looks extremely expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it's it somehow looks. The animation looks less sophisticated than even something like any Pixar movie that yeah. was coming out, of, like even five years before that. Yeah, you know where it was just like it, like they they like weren't Monsters Inc. looks better than it was yes. like below yeah. the standard at the time. Oh, like yeah. way, but I feel like it, like now it looks like way below the standard. Well, reading the Wikipedia article, it sounded fantastic. There was a high speed chase. Some, the, a little gerbil lost his glasses. I well, honestly was about to cry <laughs> laughing reading this article. You're talking about speckles and oh my actually, god, their names. Yes, wait. So wait, wait. So I have questions. Yeah, I, yeah please. Right. Okay. Okay. Okay, is this more of an ensemble film or is it centered around one of the guinea pigs? It's an ensemble. It's definitely an ensemble. I, I believe um, in in that none of the characters are really developed well <laughs> at all. And um, they're all played by uh, really high budget actors oh, yeah. who are not good at voice acting. Oh, but God. not only are they not good at voice acting, even if they were, they're just, they're phoning it. Like it doesn't even sound like they're trying to be good. No, I, every everybody is cashing a, a paycheck here. And, and really, the best one in this film, the best voice actor is Cage, yeah, uh, who plays Speckles, who is not a guinea pig. He's <laughs> he's a star nosed mole, and he's also the their tech tech expert. Uh, <laughs> um, it turns out the bad guy 
for one of the bad guys. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah. The mole is the mole. The mole is the is the <laughs> mole. Okay, so so Vivian, I want you to just picture this in your they head. Just hand it to those kids. Let them think for themselves. <laughs> yeah. So Zach Galifianakis is uh, an animal trainer who r- runs <laughs> an FBI. Um, what what would you no, say? No, it's and, not. Uh, it's it's not even FBI. What it's is Homeland it? Security. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> they gotta get a branch comes in, a, and he's like, "I'm from Homeland Security." <laughs> so Zach, Zach Galifianakis runs a branch of Homeland Security that's based around training uh, tiny animals to do to like to be like spy to, to essentially go to, in, to, at, in on like a, on like a espionage miss, like uh, missions. And, and he's, what insane right wing fantasy is this insanity? Oh my he's, god! He's trained a. Uh, uh, a, a crew of uh, guinea pigs. Uh, the, the the Sam Rockwell plays Darwin, um, the cool, the, probably the cutest and coolest. Um, so <laughs> the Penelope Cruz plays a sexy Latina guinea pig named Juarez, oh and Tracy Morgan, or well Tracy Jordan, really, yeah, really, plays a, a, a guinea pig named Blaster who uh, says things like "Holla" and uh, "Off the Huzuk." Well, that's just good writing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and and like it's it's like they didn't. It's almost as if Tracy Morgan didn't have a script. They just they just put catchphrases in front of him, yeah, and he just much. and he just ran him wild for like an hour. He just said a bunch of catchphrases, and then he was like, "All right, am I done? Two yeah. chains, gelatin, and popping then, off, flying out, guinea pig." Then they, they gave him five million dollars, and he went home. <laughs> I mean, so so Zach Galifianakis is running this, this branch of Homeland Security with seemingly zero oversight, and um, which it, it, with this concept that's both fucking inane and insane, and yet also like uh, uh, unprecedented technological advance because he's trained these animals not only to do these hyper complex spy missions, but also he's created a voice translator so uh, they can he, communicate. He can speak to them and they can speak to humans. Uh, but but when Will Arnett, the uh, stuffed shirt muckety muck from uh, <laughs> upstairs comes in, he's not impressed by any of this. Um, and he, what, shuts it down? Yeah. He shuts it down. Yeah. And um, so the, the all the guinea pigs and speckles the star-nosed mole are sent to a pet, a, shop. A pet shop run by... Uh, was it Nisi Nash? Yeah. Um, who, for some reason, is playing a Latina, even though she is not. And uh, her, her, she's sassy. That's Latina. Yeah. It's the same thing. Her, her name. Her name is Mamacita Rosalita. Uh, no. <laughs> and uh, you, you said sassy, and you got that right. Oh. <laughs> Um, she's in the film for like five minutes and then she's gone. She sounds so sassy. And yeah, it, it's good. She's dressed like Frida Kahlo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it, it makes no sense. <laughs> so they're, they're sent there and where they meet. Also, uh, sorry, like a weird side note about that. I yeah. looked up at the address. So remember when he like looks on like MapQuest or whatever for the address <laughs> of the pet shop? Yeah. So they do a zoom in on the screen <laughs> and it gives an it gives an address on Cesar Chavez, which I later looked up and is not actually an address. <laughs> So they just made up. They were just oh. like, this is on Caesar, Caesar shop. <laughs> like, this, this is in the, yeah, that's, that's cool. 
We can't put a real address in a movie, right? Yeah, but... No, but, but just the fact that they made one up and the street they put it on was Caesar Shop. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, one, two, three, four, Mexico town. Yeah, yeah. okay, hold on. <laughs> let's make it a... Let's do a little more dramaturgy here, people. Cinco uh, um, Street. That reminds me, though, of one of the funny things about this is how it's like... It's from 2009, so it's like high-tech in some ways, but... No one has smartphones yet. Right. They're, right, they're using MapQuest and like printing yeah. out directions. And yeah. Like, they're, they're talking on like little like Blackberry or no, not Blackberries. What were the ones that like flipped open? Sidekicks? Yeah. They have they have like little communicators that like yeah. look like that. Yeah. It's really funny. I, I don't understand. It sounds like a plot to make the Department of Homeland Security sound more cute and cool. Do you think? Do you think uh, Brockheimer is getting is, is getting secret uh, funds from the from Homeland Security to bolster their public image? I it mean, like <laughs> sure, probably. I if he he that was a wasted investment. <laughs> 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 I don't think that comes across. So yeah, they get sent to the pet shop where they meet a hamster played by Steve Buscemi. And uh, guinea pig played by John Favreau, whose main quality is that he farts a lot and he's fat. Um, solid, solid. And um, they escape, and some other shit happens. They, there is a high speed chase, in they have like motorized like guinea pig balls, you know? Yeah. Those balls that, oh yeah, that they run in. Yeah, yeah. and um, they're like they're weird high tech like James Bond machines that like guns fold out and they can like yeah. fly and stuff. Yeah. Oh, and does the, Cage do like the walk around is like this machine does three buttons blah blah blah. That like does involved. sound kind of like the voice he does. Yeah. Actually, like, do that? Well I th- and and I think this is a good time to bring up he's actually just doing the Charlie Bodell voice from yes. Peggy Sue Got Married. Yes. Essentially. Oh. He's doing that crazy like really cartoon like the adenoid thingy. like yeah like that's that's more or less the voice same yeah. voice. But it 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 works. Like Fucking like Sam Rockwell sounds completely, just exactly uh, like Sam. Rockwell. Uh, yeah, it's just I mean this something that I think I've harped on here before, but like I just so just celebrities or even actors are not necessarily voice actors. Like voice acting is its own mm, yeah uh, skill, and it's ever since like Shrek. Basically, this is very much a post Shrek movie. And <laughs> <laughs> like, no, yeah, you I know feel all that. all the all the voice acting is just is done by actors who are not that great at voice acting and but they're uh, just celebrities. They're just celebrities. Who was the girl in Shrek? She was just like <laughs> was it. I don't remember, but it was bad. Was it Charlize Theron? No. Was I don't it? remember. I don't know. But, See, it, but yeah. she's not great in it. And and also, <laughs> like, the, it's just, like, the, the tone is very much this Shrek mode, which is just, like, there's a lot of, like, stupid pop culture riffs, like, instead of jokes, they're in one-liners, like, like, there's a, there's a part, like, in the f- first scene where, uh, Sam Rockwell's guinea pig is uh, cutting through a door with a blowtorch, and he he goes he sings the Pussycat Dolls song. He goes, "Don't you wish your blowtorch was hot like mine, or something like that?" And you're like, "That's not, a, that's nothing. That's not a. Th- I mean, it aged really badly, but it wasn't even good to, to begin with. It's like garbage that went rotten." I, I did remember the song though. Yeah, he got the reference right, at least. Oh There's God. also like and, why do they have a blowtorch? <laughs> oh, Vivian, they have so much. Dude, they, they have the craziest gadgets. The whole first scene 
also part of it you know the little fly the like camera the, yeah they have that like, they, they have like a little fly that's humans? like their eyes basically that can like fly ahead and and do like um, ah. reconnaissance know. yeah kinda. so they're like guinea pig sized gadgets yeah 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 so that's like, which is another amazing technological so advance <laughs> that, that doesn't really so were they really cute and like chip like uh, Rescue Ranger style shit where it's all like Rube Goldberg's together or was it like no, streamlined like, yeah, like it Batman was pretty, forever? Like, it was pretty sleek. Yeah. What? I mean, that they, adorable? They, no, were def- they, they were definitely working with with a Homeland Security size budget. No, I want to see a blowtorch like made out of a salt shaker. No, no it's it's not as anywhere as creative as that. What? It's just like normal stuff that's shrunk down to guinea pig size. Yeah, it's like How, regular what? tech or I guess te- 2009 yeah. what they thought would be the future in 2000 2009 oh tech boy. yeah sidekick tech um sidekick future yeah right uh <laughs> there i i would also like to remind everyone of the fucking terminator microwave <laughs> side plot where like all of the home appliances would come alive and try to kill people oh, right right well so so this is <laughs> like the the it. driving like this is the driving like plot force is that not only is like the band getting broken up um, but they they need to come back together with Zach Galifianakis and the whole crew, and they need their tech so that they can stop Bill Nighy, who is a tech CEO who basically ha- like evil Elon Musk. Yeah, and and so he, he has like a a line of home appliances that all speak to each other via Wi-Fi or something, and. Uh, but have are also what programmed to yeah. There's like a timer, and they're all programmed to go turn, off at the same time, turn, and then turn into like <laughs> killing, into like killing, killing machines. machines. Like it's like, it's like chopping mall status. Yeah, like there's like buzz saws coming out of like, <laughs> and they have crazy like like uh, drill arms and all sorts of yeah. It gets really really insane, and then at the end they all come together in like a giant megazord. Right. Well. That, it, like, <laughs> Well, it's when after this is is driving. Yeah, this is after it's it's revealed that it's not actually Bill Nighy who's uh, behind it, but Speckles, who's been pretending to be a what a Chinese investor or something something like Like, that. It's real vague. It's this whole again. This is a children's movie. (laughs) That all of these anxieties that it's playing on are are incredibly convoluted and adult. Yeah, it's like a James Bond crossed with like Terminator minus the time travel element, basically. But 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 there's so many like weird. What you're saying is it's cute and cool. And cool. It's cute and cool. <laughs> Sounds uh, like a great Which movie. is really all you need to say. Reading about the it. Wikipedia article, it sounded very cool. And then I, when I got to the microwave thing, I was like, oh my God. No, I can 100% guarantee that it's not as good as you're imagining it. Um, I'm imagining so much. Yeah, so there's the big and reveal then it ends. that, that Speckles it was the bad guy. Right. But then immediately they're like, the oh, guinea. I forgot. The, That's right. He doesn't even have a comeuppance. He's just like, oh, sorry, guys. The, the guinea pigs are like, wait. We're family. Like, yeah. remember when we were in that like lab like a couple days ago and we all talked or whatever? Like, we're family and uh, don't and don't do this. Heart. And he's like, oh no, what have I done? And then everything's fine. Yeah. Uh, Bill Nighy can go on, I guess, being evil. Um, <laughs> and Speckles can just gets to be part of the team again, and everything's chill. Yeah. Just let him. What? Um. Okay, so just scanning my notes, and again, this all this all feels like it came from another lifetime. But uh, 
if you remember, uh, Luden Wainwright is in yeah. one scene as a grandfather whose children are buying. Uh, what? Dude, I actually stood up and was like, what? <laughs> when he came on screen? He never comes back, but he does get like uh, he, in the credit sequence at the end where they show everyone who's in the film. He, he does get that. I thought when I saw him, I thought that he was going to play a bigger part because there was no way that I was like, why would they get would- him to just do these like two lines? Yeah. So I was like for like 15 to 20 minutes after that, before I realized that it wasn't happening, I was still like wondering how they were going to play him back into the yeah, plot no. somehow. Yeah. Cause it was inconceivable to me and, that you would cast him for a nothing role like that. Dude, if there was like a musical scene where Luden Wainwright sung a song about the Guinea pigs or whatever, that, that would have been no 150 songs? million. Oh, the, the end, numbers? the end has a, the end no, has G4 a song? dance number. The end, the end I told like sh- in true Shrek style, like yeah. there's a big, like a uh, party Ooh. dance scene at the but end. But it's not, yeah, I, I don't, it's nothing. I'll just say Smash Mouth doesn't cover a beloved 60s <laughs> pop smash hit. Yeah. It's sub okay. Smash Mouth. I, th- I, think I feel like it's worse. like the Black Eyed Peas or something. Yeah. Uh. Uh, if not in my mind, whatever music they were playing is it what it's it, like. That is the vibe. Yeah. If it, I don't think it was that song, but in my mind, it, I imagine it is because it was that vibe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's like a disco oh ball boy. that comes down and all the guinea pigs are like doing weird, like yeah. dancing and it, it's weird. All Yes. The way they move. Like I know that they spent millions of dollars they, on it, making this look as good as they could, but there is nothing about the guinea. Like they, the, and like, look the, as good as what? Like, what did they get some <laughs> guinea pigs to dance and yeah. then study them? Like, guinea, what the fuck are it, they basing this insanity off? Well, and it I just doesn't. Insanity, well, it, but it's crazy. It doesn't look good. It is insanity. Yeah, like, insane. even that they have the these guinea pig like CGI guinea pigs looking probably about as realistic as you could hope but for that, it to look. But it's too. It's too much. Much. It's too uncanny. It's, and and the, yeah. just everything about it is it makes it just even more fake and bizarre. Like like they should it, have gone the more cartoon route with it, them it, and it, it i mean it, wouldn't it shouldn't have, have been a live better. action film or the, you're right you're it was right. weird i honestly think it's very strange that it's militarized like can we yeah. er, go all the way back to the the recording of the kid being like i just wanted to make a movie with a guinea pig i don't know in a army helmet and a gas mask yeah <laughs> i was like and the a, fuck a <laughs> ball gag and a gimp suit yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know and some flowers <laughs> and like an atomic bomb in a facility <laughs> he, the fuck kid and it's what weird. the fuck Hoyt Yeatman the fourth yeah <laughs> what he's probably like 16 or 17 now well I wonder, and and, and I also he's, he's making fucking royalties off of this he's probably not even working yeah right he's like credited as a producer yeah fuck him yeah <laughs> this 11 year old yeah sorry Hoyt if you're listening um you seem pretty chill dude we should try to get Hoyt Yeatman the fourth on this show you're right you, you might do it singing sorry Hoyt come on the show send us a note circle yes or no um, do you want to be on my podcast? Yes. OMG. Maybe. Do you want to be on my podcast? Um, looking back at my notes, um, now I just, there's, seems I, I wrote crushing mediocrity really, really big. Yeah. 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 Oh, Trevor Rabin did the soundtrack. Uh, one of the co-authors of owner of a lonely heart <laughs> and former member of, uh, of yes. Compose the score for this movie. Why? I don't know. How, I don't know why I felt. I don't. I wrote it down for some reason. Why? So, uh, uh, how do you get so many good people involved with such a weird bad thing? No, I like. I have no idea. Uh, I have no remember idea. how at the end, Will Arnett was sent to Antarctica <laughs> as punishment? 
for, I guess, for doubting the guinea pig team. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I want to see the sequel to this, like, The Thing, but Will Arnett is, like, it's, like, stationed, like, his character is stationed at this outpost. And, oh, and, uh, and, and instead of, uh, and all the other, all the other characters are guinea pigs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know I have more to say because I know we spent a whole episode uh, talking about this movie. Okay, wait. So was there like, so um, obviously Tracy Morgan was like the sassy one. Yeah. Was he always like cracking jokes? Was there like yeah, another all. fun, oh, dominant character in well, the ensemble? There was, the, there was this like... Yeah, uh, John th- John Favreau's character, I feel like... Was the fun, was the, like, the, the yeah, comic relief yeah. He one. was like the Seth Rogen? Sure. Of the group, sure. I want to say. So was that successful? Was that funny? Did was I mean it ever he funny? had charisma? <laughs> John <laughs> Fat John Favreau was was more more fun than uh, any of the other guinea honestly, pigs. Honestly, honestly, Cage was still, still the, the best, best. Hmm. and I think I figured out why. And it kind of rolls into why he sucked so much in Astro Boy. <laughs> yeah, good. I'm glad we agree on that. <laughs> like I think I think yeah. that it's like part of the same thing, but. Uh-huh. Because they motion captured all the actors for G Force. Oh, and so some, and so the animators, the the animators, you know, um, uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Um, We're like influenced by like the the movements of the actors to a certain extent in the animation. That's interesting. And I think because Cage is such a physical actor, right? That. In something like Astro Boy, where it's like a very literal, he's just an adult man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're just trying to give you a yeah. very, like, literal representation of a real person that isn't Cage. Yeah. Well, the physicality is gone. I think that's true. And yeah. he doesn't he doesn't really get there emotionally, you know, and especially no. in movies like any f- movie like Family Man or like a movie where he has to have a relationship with, like, a child or, like, a familial relationship. Like, yeah. like even, even in National Treasure, even though he's getting so much from John. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he still never can really make that kind of like emotional connection. And so I think yeah. that's why he fails in Astro Boy. Yeah, I, I think that's a good, that's a good. Cause he just, re- he's relying on his voice only, which is like not. It's also a horrible, horrible movie. Yeah. He's not given. I mean, there's no script. There's like, there's a lot of things. He, his character is so complex and it makes me so mad. Sorry. I'm like holding. Before, well, before we do that, before yeah. we go, is it, what else do we want to say about, about G-Force? Avoid this Let's, let's give G-Force its due. Okay. Um, I think G-Force. Um, I, it, the, the, I give it a watch. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't mean, think, I think that you wouldn't though. Um, I, I, from your reaction, I feel like we've made it sound too interesting. Um, they, I, I think there, it should, terrifying it should bad. be said that all the interviews that uh, we watched, the main thing that everybody talked about was the 3D. Like was yeah. the, the I, I think Hoyt Yeatman's main uh, focus was just the technology, the, the, that this was like a huge technological step forward. And um, maybe that's what all this shit was about. It's just like, hey, let's. We need to make a thing. Uh, someone give me an idea. You child, w- w- <laughs> say something. Well, like definitely, <laughs> like the 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 studio that they use for the technological vehicle. Yeah, um, the studio that they use for all the VFX and the animation has since that movie been responsible for like almost any animated children's movie that isn't DreamWorks or like Disney or Pixar. Oh, really? Yeah, so like that studio was given this project to like push their resources to the limit. So like the other one 
because I'm having trouble thinking of one to, that's not Disney. Okay, like so Pixar like, um, <laughs> like what was that like Barnyard Friends one? Yeah, like, there, yeah. There's been a bunch <laughs> of shit. Like, yeah, With seriously, the, the, like, the, the one where Madag- the uh, where like a man- Madagascar. I yes, think Madagascar. Hold on, I'm I'm gonna look. Now that up, was though. cute and cool. What a <laughs> sensation, huh? We I literally can't think of any like Anastasia. Was that, <laughs> is that too early? No, 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 yeah, that's okay. So like, so so they're called Sony Image, uh, Sony, Sony Sony Pictures Image Works, um, and they basically did uh, the Emoji Movie, no. uh, Smurfs that. Hotel Transylvania, yep. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, okay, okay that was good. Angry Birds, no. uh, <laughs> um, damn, yeah, like all Yikes. those. Oof, um, this is a rough track record. Yeah, You're dealing some bad. Yeah. yeah, but so, but but my question then is like, is it worth it? Are all the like technological leaps in rendering <laughs> that sucks? So being the and small like guy. VFX worth it if we're getting movies like G Force and uh, Surfs Up? <laughs> Oof, I no no. I mean, I I'm on the record as being like anti CGI just in general, oh. uh, unless you're like covering up like a some I don't know some wire or something and it but just like as an anchor for movies like I just don't I I don't connect with it I don't think it looks good I don't enjoy it no this is uh this is mad science what about like an Astro Boy? Do you still not like it? even though it's like such an abstract fictionalized it's still CGI but it's more like animated I liked it in terms, like stylistically, I liked it a lot more than this weird mix of if if it's, I a hundred percent agree that it should have been totally CGI. Yeah, like yeah, I, one or the other. I'm thinking of when you try and make pixels look like real things, but in in something mm-hmm. that's just completely computer generated. I still compared to something like hand drawn animation or or just other. St- styles of animation that can't even be like computer but like 2d like i find i just like that more um but uh the the stylized world of astro boy was way more pleasing to look at than this weird mix of nonsense security love story yeah Yeah. i mean it's it's actually it's actually a a frankenstein movie in that it should never have been allowed to happen Mm -hmm. like it it is an aberration that is offensive to all forms of filmmaking entertainment yeah Yeah, 100 percent. bill nye no good bill nye was fine he's fine Um, like like that's the thing will arnett he's fine everybody he was the only good part of astro boy everybody's just kind of cashing a check yeah, but Bill Nye, he was also in Astro Boy. All right, let's get into Astro All Boy. All right, dude, 2009's Astro Boy. Sorry, my anger is just like seeping. No, well, it's okay. I, well I, Vivian, this is why we wanted you on this episode for Astro Boy. So, I t- you know, I'm taking you off the leash. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's hear because you are a fan of Astro Boy. The, oh, yeah. The comic, right? <laughs> the <laughs> Even my voice, I was like, don't sound weird the first thing you're saying. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's what's your history with the? So my dad, on, my dad and his brothers and sisters grew up watching the '50s version, and then we watched it in the '80s, and then I had like the the different version that was animated on DVD that I used to watch all the time, and uh, I just love it. I love the show. I love the storyline, and I love the dynamic of just like sentience versus non sentience. What's really life and what's not. It was, uh, it's a great vessel for children to like learn about that kind of stuff. And then 
you know, intern diversity. And so I always thought it was like such a beautiful show and really well done. And then comes this fucking movie. And it's like the one chance that it has to go mainstream because Asteroid it will always be cult and it's kind of mm. just going to live in that world. And I would love it to be mainstream because it's very interesting and, you know, it explores the fucking laws of robotics in a way that children can understand. And then like... This movie f- ruined it. It like it like chopped off the tops of all the ice caps of these beautiful ideas <laughs> that this whole series establishes and like threw them at a wall. And it's just like the worst movie ever. It's not even pretty looking. It's not even cool. It's just like all of it was garbage. But let's talk about it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> nah, why even th- we we already said it. No, I, I yeah, I don't know anything about it really. So I but it sounds like Everything that I thought was potentially interesting about it was in terms of like what there's yeah. this kind of like iRobot kind yeah. of so, like Asimov. So kind Astro of Boy is the first thing. robot with feelings and that can do stuff that are outside the laws of robotics. Right. Right. And in his own world. Sorry. Not and like and that's in oh, you cinema. Mean not, not in our universe. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, and that's like an interesting idea that mm-hmm. is not well explored in this movie, but it sounds like is yeah. explored in yeah. the Astro Boy uh, mythos. And you think it's crazy, like no kid would understand that, but they, yeah, I did, I did, I got it. So, but this, <laughs> so why, why then does this movie suck so much? Like, what did they do wrong? So the other thing that it, this movie completely gets wrong, the cartoon did right. So. There, they did make like remember how the servant was like hunched backed and there was like sort of classism going on throughout mm-hmm. the movie as well, like the white collar, blue collar. Yeah. They did that much more gracefully in the cartoon and funnily. It was like actually funny, like in the slapstick moments were like, it was like a cartoon. It was like a kids show, you know. Yeah, all of that stuff felt there felt like Weird. sort of tacked on. Like I mean, this movie and it makes sense hearing you talk about it that like because my sense of it was I was like there's just like too much story that they're trying to get to which isn't actually uncommon with I mean I would say G-Force had a similar problem except that all the story elements in G-Force were just like you could tell just stuff that I mean there was like a weird romantic yeah. story that didn't yeah. need to be developed and yeah. anyway but like I think it's common exactly. with with uh, with kids movies mm-hmm. or just bad movies in general and to have too many yeah. ideas and especially origin stories too yes. which this really this movie really really suffers yes from that that problem where they just pack so much explanation and exposition just to catch you up to where anyone that has ever seen more than two minutes of any of the previous Astro Boy incarnations would already know. Well, and all- you know, like I, I have only ever like known and read about Astro Boy. I didn't actually watch. I think the first time we watched a couple of the old episodes, me and Vivian, and then we watched like a handful of the one, the ones they remade in the eighties. But until then, I oh, had yeah. never seen it, and even I knew just kind of like a grasp. Of like what it was about, well, you know it's not what I mean? Complex, right? And I mean, it, it, it's, so it's complex, and it seems like the way that they they but, get into it, but yeah. But it's the way easy. they over-explain it, they yeah. make it so much more complex than it needs to be. I mean, the one of the best parts of this movie is the very, very, very end. After everything's done, then a giant like alien monster comes out of the sky and starts blowing stuff up, and Astro Boy's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go fight that thing," and and you're like, and you're like, I, yeah, yeah, and then literally credits. Yeah, and and <laughs> they, the movie should have fucking started there 
And, you know, and then we just get to see Astro Boy being Astro Boy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, ugh. I'm looking at my notes also just like, this is the worst acting I've ever seen in the saddest moment because the, the Astro Boy explores the depth of sadness. Like his fucking, like his life is just so tragic. And that's what makes the cartoon good too, because it's still really funny. Like, mm-hmm. and it takes a while. Like, I think what they got to in the movie with the whole plot, sorry, do you guys want to like go over the plot or? And then I don't know. It takes like eight episodes or like ten episodes to get there in the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it like they they didn't just breeze through it; they blasted through it. Sorry for like the Astro Blast reference, yeah, but like okay, it's yeah. just in, sure. Like it, it gives yeah. it no substance, and it's like no right. It's, it's like super really surfacey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it, there's so there's too much story given, too much of a short shrift, and all the characters even Astro Boy are like pretty two dimensional. Yeah. And the the exact same problem of the voice acting fucking sucks. It's like, Mm. it's stacked with people who, you know, like even more so than G Force, and no one, no one gives a good performance. No, I I love Bill Nighy. He was so sweet. I liked him in a sweet role. His voice sounded so nice. Okay. Was he? Was he the? He was, the, he was Doctor Elephant. He's Doctor okay, Elephant. Yeah, yeah. His dad, okay. basically Astro Boy's dad, which they totally missed that mark too. Like they have such a special relationship. Him and the yeah, okay. I didn't get that. Yeah, yeah, um, because his dad is kind of like goes nuts, and you know that whole thing happens. Well, um, Freddie Highmore plays uh, Astro Boy, and he was terrible. That sounded weird. <laughs> yeah, I wrote two. His voice is like too young somehow, but not well. But isn't like in the in the original cartoon, isn't Astro Boy like six? Or like, a, oh, he's yeah. a young boy. Toby's yeah. a young boy. And in but this he's very way, intelligent. He's, like, he's he seems like he's like twelve or yeah. 13, yeah, they made right? him an idiotic brat, which yeah. is no fun. They yeah. uh, well, they they kind of like tried to change it. For, they tried to, I guess, feel out what they thought American audiences would uh, would accept, and um, so they. They changed his look. Like he, he wears clothes in this um, yeah. for most of it until um, the very end. Until the very which end, which was weird because when it finally happened, I was like, "Oh, that's the way the Astro Boy is supposed to look." So I feel like they almost did themselves a disservice by admitting yeah. it, like in the last scene. Yeah, you know. And, and they, it's, it says they, they gave him clothes. They tried to make him look a little less cute, like a little less kawaii. He was too kawaii yeah. for American audience. Yeah. <laughs> and and they gave him and they gave him a butt. He didn't have a butt. In the, oh really? <laughs> well, oh, so you, many you cute know. little yeah. butt takes in the Japanese cartoon. It was like boink, and his butt would show like every five minutes, and he was and he would like his cheeks would get red. It was so cute. <laughs> like oh my god. Well, they they like made his butt bigger for the American version. <laughs> Super weird. But man. in the Japanese release of this movie. They actually like have him looking more that, like Astro I think Boy. Is, which were is you bizarre. able to find any clips Wait, of a the little, Japanese yeah. version? Okay, I didn't Whoa. look too hard, but I I couldn't from from uh, from one search I couldn't like really find it. But I was like, but I was wondering. So they actually did do a whole separate release where he for Japan for, where for he some looked, of it, not for the whole yeah. movie, but but for some of it, he looks like way more um, like Astro Boy. I That's guess. crazy. You no know one love him. Weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Why would you not? Yeah. So this got optioned, I think, in like the late 90s. But uh, then S- Steven Spielberg was then going to do AI 
so they shelved oh, it. Can't it, have too many movies about robot children about at the dead, same time. Dead children yeah, who become right. robots. Yeah, we don't want two classics on our hands. Right? Ooh. Oh, no. Um, so Did you call AI a classic? <laughs> no, they were both terrible. Oh, okay. I'm making fun of them. So it got shelved forever. Um, for a second, uh, Gendy Tartakovsky was going to uh, be the one who adapted it, which I think would have been amazing. He's the the guy behind uh, Samurai Jack and oh, yeah. uh, Powerpuff Girls. Oh, yeah, yeah. What? Uh, no. This is both there. I mean, if anybody was going to do it, I feel like that would have been great. But he went on to do other, other things. Powerpuff Girls is... Very much the spirit of Astro Boy, actually. Yeah. It really, it, it has the same, like, where it hits those deep tones, but then it's like, anyways, uh, we're adorable. Yay. <laughs> you know, but then it's like, robotics can change us all. Like, Wait, what? Yeah. I, I would have really loved to see his version of it. And um, some more trivia from the Wikipedia page. Um, th- this movie flopped in Japan. Oh, big surprise. Oh, yeah. I knew that. I'm surprised they even tried. Because, like, Astro Boy's, like, a national hero in Japan, right? Is he, like, uh, is he like really... I feel like he's... He's, like, a more of a Hello Kitty, you know? Yeah, but then oh, okay. he's, he's popular, though. Yeah, they, yeah. Like, they, like, right. It'd be like if some... If it'd be like if uh, we released a Hello Kitty movie there, they'd be like, oh, what are you doing? This is our territory. <laughs> yeah, okay. This or, like, the, that, like, Indian Spider-Man or something. Yeah, <laughs> or if, like, they made a Superman movie, a Japanese right. Superman movie and released right. it here, we'd be like, mm-hmm. I don't it know. It would man. actually probably be better actually, than the Superman okay, movie that we made. Cool things and they Look at all the it. Superman <laughs> movies we've been getting. I would prefer that, I think. The Zack Snyder Superman would not stand a chance against whatever the Japanese Superman was. <laughs> a yeah. super kawaii Superman. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I'll get you, Lex. <laughs> um, I love you, Lois. So, and this was part of a trend of uh, like Speed Racer, also flop, the live action Speed Racer, which uh, yeah, which yeah. I'll go to bat for as a movie that is worth watching. I've actually heard other people go to bat for it. We're we're getting mm-hmm. way off topic, but my my relationship with Speed Racer, the live action movie, was I was on like I took like an eight hour flight somewhere, and then I had to get on another flight that was like nineteen hours or something, and I the there was no time for me to get food between them, so. I got like really airsick in the middle of the second flight and just like felt like dying. One of the movies that was available was Speed Racer on the <laughs> on the little screen in front of me. And I watched it like two or three times because everything else made me like incredibly nauseous. But Speed <laughs> Racer was just like move constantly moving colors and just like shapes and just like and something about it was incredibly soothing. So uh, it, it has a place in my heart Aww. for that. That's nice. Anyway, Speed Racer, <laughs> Dragon Ball Evolution, um, this movie, they all flopped really hard in Japan, even though they came, or maybe because they came from uh, Japanese, they're like beloved properties there that, that yeah. We, yeah. we fucked up or like completely transformed. But yeah. they were huge hits in China, all three of them. Mm. So, so that probably made it all worth it. And, and China is now, um, you I mean, know, the big yeah. movie market that uh, Hollywood is aiming for, so... I don't know. I don't know what that means in context of this, but I think it means we'll be getting more G forces and less <laughs> Astro Boys. But I don't. I don't know. Was G, I feel like G force would be the kind of movie that's huge in China too. Sure. Why not? Okay. This made forty four point six million dollars gross worldwide, but it cost sixty five million. And this uh, movie cost sixty five million dollars. Wow. Well, Even let's go CGI back to that cast: cool. Freddie Highmore, Nathan yeah. Lane. Yeah. 
uh, Kristen Bell, who I thought was probably the best voice actor. I I mean, I haven't seen the original character who. Oh, those plays, those were like bullshit like, people. I was like, who the fuck are yeah, these yeah, people? Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, those and the and the weird uh, the weird like um pro communist like Robots, uh, like yeah. workers robot rights. Those are just were weirdly inserted. That was just another thing where it was like oh, they yes. introduced you to like three different sets of mm-hmm. types of characters in like quick succession. So like you met the kids and they were like, oh, well, this is this and this is There's, this person and this is this person. Right. And then the ro- then the other robots immediately pop up. Right. And they're like three new robot personalities that you got to keep track of. Yeah. And they all tie it together into the plot. Like the plot is balanced in turn, but- it, it, but nothing carries any weight. No, there's like the faction of of the robot communists who I thought was weird that they were like straight up like Marxist Leninists. Yeah, like yeah, they yeah. Had, <laughs> they had like posters very, of yeah, Lenin very weird, very in, weird in their robot bunker. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't know what that was about. It was just how it was just like they really missed the mark with the whole point of Astro Boy which is that like, you know, we're all together in one or whatever. And so like, yeah, I think there was like the robots rights movement. I remember some of these episodes as a kid, there was like a protest and one of them was like mm. robots rights, robots should have feelings. And then like Astro Boy is like charged with the whole thing. There's like a data episode, like in Star Trek Next mm-hmm. Gen. There's like, it, it, it gets into it. And so these robot rights people, I was like, oh, wait, I, seem, I feel like they are actually based on some characters in the series, but like completely born, blown out of proportion. Although, of course, the old cartoon did have insane accents as well. Like, right. if there was a British person, you'd be like, oh, blimey. So I was like, <laughs> like, did get that weird, racist, slightly racist uh, <laughs> accent right. But Racist, <laughs> racist against British people? Yeah, like, well, like, in the 50s, it was just, like, very, like, if, like, a white person would come on the screen, it was just like, this has some crazy white person voice. <laughs> and then, like, you know, for different kinds of people, like right. poor person voice, rich person voice. Right, right. Yeah. Just really, like, offensive shorthand. Yeah, just like, oh, no, 1950s. Donald Sutherland is in this as the bad guy, and I thought he was also very not good. Not good. I, I literally didn't know who it was. Really? I was like, who, didn't I ask you? I, Vivian and I watched it together. I think I asked you, like, who is that? Or like, I recognize yeah. the voice and you were like, oh, it's Donald Sutherland. And I was like, I didn't. Oh no. I was like, is that Donald Sutherland? Yeah. Right. And you were right. like, no. And I was like, I think it is. And yeah. Then and then it was, but it was just like, I literally couldn't even recognize him. He's, he was not even phoning it in. He was like shouting from down the hall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like in an Uber. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he doing it over Skype while he's like on his way to the airport. Well, oh, he sounds, he sounds a million years old. Oh, I mean, Donald Sutherland is like basic, has basically been a wizard for the last like 20 years of his career. And, uh, so it's weird to have him play this, like, you know, um, seething, like rage-filled character, because he's just, he, he, you know, he sounds like he wants us to take a nap. <laughs> um, Samuel L. Jackson is in it for two seconds. Yeah, as Eugene a, Levy's in it. Eugene Levy's in oh, wait, it. Wait, sorry, who's Samuel L. Jackson? He's the he, he he's the, the big, big construction robot, and he has two lines, and one of them is like, "I keep it old school" or something like that. <laughs> That's right. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's him. That's probably where some of that, like million, those millions. $65 million. Yeah. Dollars. Um, I wonder if it's because they, why did they go and get 
these like big name actors. Like, David Allen Greer plays a flying squirt bottle. What? That was David Allen Greer? <laughs> that was not David Allen Greer. <laughs> yeah, it was. It what? was. Why did Wait, they go why? out and get these Wait, why cameos? Are they, why are they casting these people? What dude, is this for? Dude, quality. Like, if you want quality, you pay for it. It's like the Luden Wainwright thing. It's yeah, like, it is. Why would you waste, <laughs> why would you why would you waste them on these roles? I don't know. It makes me think, like, were they fans? Yeah, they exactly. Like, I got to get they, in on this. They're like, please yeah. let me do the Astro Boy And then movie. when they saw the Frankenstein chopped up bullshit that they barfed their piece into, they're like, oh, no, I shouldn't have phoned that in. Like Charlie's Theron plays a narrator for like two seconds. Oh, my God. It's just there's no reason. Yeah. It's offensive almost. It is to almost. Me. And the, to me, as it, someone who is a fan of some of those actors. Yeah. I'm like why? It's, I mean Cage above all. I've never well, seen Eugene Levy not be funny. What who ever. is Eugene Levy? He's the robot servant. Oh really? They're like yeah. subservient, like, oh. oh, I'll do whatever you want, sir. Which is good. Like that's how do you even fuck up that role? I don't know. How yeah. do you make that and although I would love to see Nicolas Cage and Eugene Levy in mm-hmm. the film. Yeah, I, I would too. Dope would that be? Just them together. Playing robots, but it's live Insane action. Insane eyes yeah. at each other. Just a sort of like bicentennial man situation, <laughs> but, with, <laughs> but with Cage Dude. and Eugene Levy. Oh my please, God. Please, please. Dude, this okay, didn't remind like, me of that Robots movie. Remember that Robots with Robin Williams? Yeah. Oh yeah. Remember that? The I weird do. design. I, I want to see the like Bicentennial Man movie though where they both play robots, but it's also like Tommy Boy and they, they go on, <laughs> on like a oh road god. trip together. Oh my god. That's road a- trip. Oh my god. Let's talk about Cage in this movie a little bit. I don't know if there's more to say, but I, I just like it was so disappointing yeah. to Yeah, it's like he's he's playing a father again, which is like I, I guess we're like deep into the father role fatherhood roles. Yeah. Um um what was the one a couple weeks ago? Oh, knowing. Yeah. yeah. Where he played a, a the most unconvincing father. <laughs> Astrophysicist father. And Which is weird because this is a bad father role. <laughs> like he's supposed to be bad. Right. And, and he just, bad. there's there's nothing, I don't know what he was trying to communicate with his acting, but it's just, I mean, it's bad. It, for his credit, though, it was terribly written. Yeah, I, I mean, there's like, yeah, but there's, there's seen, a lot of that's a big range of places to go to. I've seen Cage do stuff with badly written scripts. Oh yeah, true. And 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 we're this praising was, him for G Force. I mean, look, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, the world the world wasn't ready for Speckles in 2009. <laughs> but I think it's time for a critical reappraisal. Bring back the, the, the some of the Speckles spinoff. Oh man, dude, they did Bumblebee. There's hope. <laughs> Where's Hoyt Eman the fourth? Have him co- have him cough up a, a new. Have another kid. Yeah, where's Hoyt Eatman the seventh? Yeah, they need to just spit out a, a animal every in a time, movie. Every time he every time he needs to make a new movie, he has to he has to um, sire another child at the at the appropriate time for them to grow up and give him an idea. Just wait for them yeah. to. You name an occupation in an animal. Great, cute, cool, great. Let's go. <laughs> Sorry, to talk about Nick Cage a little bit more. His he has a beautiful son that he loves a lot, who dies in a really sad accident because he couldn't be there to pick him up. First mm. of all, he wasn't like sneaking into the lab. Oh, okay, right, right, right. very different. And um, so it was actually directly due to him being a negligent father. A little bit. Okay. It, it was there. You know, it wasn't that black and white, but it was like mm-hmm, well, okay. 
right? So he builds this robot. He steals government property, like the highest caliber. And he builds this robot that can make decisions, which is like, what? They're like, you've gone off the deep end, dude. He takes the robot home. He defies like what everyone's doing. People are like banging on the door trying to get him to stop. Dr. Elephant comes over and is like, all right, you've like gone a little insane. He's like, no, my son. And then after a couple months, he doesn't, he, the same thing happens. He, won't, he doesn't tell Toby... He says that you're Toby, you're my son, which is fucked up to lie to a robot who thinks. So the robot thinks it's a human, right? And then he slowly realizes what he's done. And rather than accept responsibility, he just abandons the robot. And then he like gets involved with the circus. So I think in this movie, that's what the little scrappy kids on the Mm -hmm. below surface were supposed to be. Yeah, the lost boys. But the circus is how he gets his name. It's how he gets his boots. He wasn't born with the boots. He was born actually like a little naked boy. He has little (laughs) underpants on. It's cute. And then he starts saving the day in the circus and then outperforming like really high performing circus robots. And everyone starts to realize he's not a human, he's a robot and it freaks everyone out. And then like, that's really where the show gets going. Cause they're like, wait, this robot can make decisions. And it's like, so cool that that's what it's about. And so like the, the lead doctor character, Dr. Janemba is really, really, really hard to play. So I was like, Nicholas Cage is actually a really good choice. Mm. So I feel like he did a, pretty good job actually with what he was given but he wasn't given anything good he was given nothing i mean the whole thing i've just told you is so like dynamic and sad and cool right and they were like to him like okay you're a doctor you build a robot and two days later you're like "Eh." but you're still there the whole rest of the time you know like that was other weird part about the movie is that he was just there he was just like left with his bad decision for the rest of the film yeah I don't know. How do you even do a good job with that? Yeah, you don't. There's also there's this big political through line that oh, yeah. I, I don't even know what it is. Is the show as like, because that all no. felt extremely American. Like it was. Donald Sutherland's character is like the president or I guess. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's Nixon basically. President right? Army. Or, I, I, it felt like George W. Bush vibes or like Cheney vibes of like, yeah, yeah, okay. you know, that there's all this stuff about like capitulating to the military so that science can get funding. The only way that the sci- scientists can get funding is by uh, making war mm-hmm. machines. Mm-hmm. There's a giant jet weapon called the spirit of freedom and uh, that he uses to, I guess, to push Astro Boy off the, the city for the first time and like all this stuff that the peacekeepers are like what the ro- the bad robots are called. It, it, it's very like George W. Bush America, which I guess makes sense because this came out right after that. Yeah. So it's, a, you know, people were steaming, but, um, yeah. but it feels shoehorned in we, yeah it's just like it's it's just like it just sits there on top of the whole rest yeah, of the story it doesn't add to anything it just it feels like someone was like i want to make a statement and that's kind of how it feels like with all the weird side plots and characterizations like they they had other ideas that they never either never followed through with or the original script like went a lot further and they had to prune it back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But it's like, for what though? To get in that Sammy J line. Yeah. That they so desperately wanted. Right. When really what they should have done was crammed all the exposition into the first 20 minutes. And then the rest of it would have been, you know, they would have been able to flesh out the whole, the whole thing with 
the dad and that whole emotional mm-hmm. journey could have lasted longer and we could have gotten some Astro Boy like action fights. Yes. I, I mean, so you know much what I mean? in the circus. I was yeah. really surprised it didn't go there. I think like the real, like it, it just shouldn't have been a movie. It mm-hmm. should have been, if they were going to re- do it, it should have just been a series. And it, But it already was a series. So it just shouldn't Twice, have been. Twice, three times? Yeah. Which at is, this point, I think three times. I think I think maybe three and times. I, th- yeah. I, I honestly think the Origins movie is a good idea. I would really? have done it like, uh, yeah, you start at the beginning. It's a it's a good normal beginning, and then um, you you just like chop it into a couple pieces. You know, you'd maybe do you cut to when he's his dad takes off, and then like a little bit later, he's been with the doctor for a minute. He's back out of the circus. Like, there's little periods where you know, like any series stalls for a bit to get episodic content. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it could have been a cool two movie thing or, you know, full origin story because it's cool. He like saves the whole city and then after everyone's like, oh, we shouldn't have been mean to him and thrown him in like a trash pile basically. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, next week uh, looks like we are back on track with another modern cage classic, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Uh, so I'm re- actually really, really looking forward to that one. Thank you, Vivian, for joining us. Um, if uh, people want to find you, your uh, Twitter is Vivian is cool. That's Vivian I Z cool. And as always, please rate and subscribe to us on uh, the podcast app so we can become the number one Nicolas Cage podcast uh, in the world. Follow us on Instagram at Heat Seeking Panther if you want to, and we'll see you next time. Hey, Vivian, can you give us your best Panther roar? <laughs>